Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi there and welcome back to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly podcast where we take the iconic questions of fictional journalist Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and apply them to modern life and love. You are joined by Toot Toot, Juna Dawson and Beep Beep, Dylan B. Jones. Hi Dylan! Hi, I'm so oh, excited. I have missed you. In the however many months it's been, we've seen each other IRL once, haven't we? We did. We went for a very, very Carrie Bradshaw-approved brunch. A hun brunch. A, a hun brunch <laughs> at the Red Roaster in Brighton, which is Zoella's favourite. She's always in there. Yeah, shout um, out to the Red Very good plant-based burgers. Oh, the plant-based burgers are so delicious. Yeah. As we record this, we're not presently in national lockdown, so treat yourself to a little trip to the Red Roaster in Brighton yeah. with your group of six friends. So, should we jump straight in? We're on season three, episode one, where there's smoke. We're back. It's season We're three back. as well of So I Got to Thinking. So I'm, I'm so glad we followed this very logical system of basing our seasons around their seasons. Yeah, and also basing our seasons by the seasons of the of the year. It's autumn. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in a new season. That's quite a sort of that was quite a sort of uh, tenuous link. But, um, tenuous link. but, but again, of course, remember, Sex in the City didn't experience an autumn until season four. That's so, true. Oh, so, we should um, we should say hi to new listeners. I think we've probably got some new listeners. That's so. true. I, I've been keeping my eye on our Acast figures, and during during the hiatus, we've had a fairly steady listenership of about three hundred listeners a day. Mm. So even even when we're not releasing new episodes um thank you so much for listening and if you're just joining us at this stepping in point you are welcome as ever yeah hi dylan let's have a potted Potted synopsis synopsis. so where there's smoke kicks off with in my opinion one of the most iconic scenes in any tv show ever which is the four of them go to staten island on the ferry for carrie to judge a fireman beauty pageant um and then after that amazing first foray it goes into their various storylines samantha explores her fireman fantasy Uh, (laughs) she does charlotte dates a white knight who turns out to be a white nightmare (laughs) oh very good (laughs) which kind of the phrase white nightmare kind of sums up a lot of charlotte's escapades really it really does carrie dates what is his name bill kelly 
the politician, mm-hmm. played by John Slattery. Miranda has an operation, has laser eye surgery, doesn't she? She does, which I find this is such a nothing point. But I find (laughs) it really fascinating that she gets laser eye surgery from a man who wears glasses. Yeah, oh, well spotted. Why wouldn't he have done his own eyes? Well, he said, believe me, it works as well. And she was like, oh, yes. But why was he wearing... I never like I'm so genuinely confused what about a, that. What a funny thing to pick up on. <laughs> yeah. Um so that's there's some Miranda related food for thought. The question <laughs> that we have to answer this week <laughs> is do women just want to be rescued? Yeah. Which doesn't particularly <laughs> fit with the rest of the episode, but knowing what I now know about television writing and writing for television, this is your classic season opener. So a lot of things have been thrown in there to kind of cause a big splash. Like this was quite a noisy episode in some ways. Yeah. Particularly the stuff around Samantha. I think that was put in there to titillate in that we see an awful lot of both Samantha and her fireman bow. And did you know, Dylan, that this caused great scandal at the time well was it i'm guessing it was the scene where he's like fucking her against the fire engine a hundred percent the fire department of new york (laughs) um had granted hbo certain access right and perhaps having not read the script now i don't believe that because things you know it's so hard to get anything signed off that i do not believe that somebody at the new york fire department hadn't hadn't pre-approved the storyline but when it went out they made perhaps a slightly kind of disappointingly predictable huff and moan about the notion that one of New York's finest would be shagging a woman while he was on the shift right um and they were very upset and logged like an official complaint with HBO but even more interesting and I find this genuinely intriguing was that Michael Lombardi who played Mr. July, um, Ricky, was an actual fireman. Oh, for the FDNY. It was life imitating art. He had featured in a New York Fire Department sexy calendar, which inspired the storyline. And somehow they decided to cast him. I love that. In in basically playing himself, which I really like, which kind of explains why his performance is quite robotic. (laughs) But I love love that they've leaned into it. I really love that sweet scene where he's like, my sisters were like, I've never done anything like this. And I was like, I've never done anything (laughs) like this. And you can see Samantha sort of like nodding along with her eye glazing over like, yeah. Please stop uh talking. (laughs) But also I want to have sex with you, so carry Mm -hmm. on. Please keep talking. She, um, um, Kim Cattrall, oh, it's just so stunningly beautiful in that scene with like the green halter neck and her hair, like the Marilyn Monroe hair. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene in the bar. Um, <laughs> that scene, I, I, do you know what? I think this episode, bold statement time, this might be my favourite episode of Sex in the City. <gasps> really? That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the scene in Staten Island oh, is wonderful. I mean, Charlotte's drunkenness. The four of them are dancing. Carrie's got a whistle. They're drinking Staten Island iced teas. Miranda says, hello, I'm drunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> Charlotte gets wasted. Samantha goes home with a fire. It's just, it's basically like everything you want. 
trim a night out with your friends, isn't it? Like, it's so good and they all have such a good time and I just live for it. There was a, a pleasing lack of snobbery as well. Like, I think one of them moans about having to get the ferry. Yeah. But Carrie in particular, you know, we criticise Carrie a lot on this podcast, spoilers, but actually I quite liked Carrie's willingness to embrace that. You know, the fact she even accepted a gig judging a stripping fireman contest is <laughs> at iconic. Like, at like a naff club in, on Staten Island. <laughs> we'll say, why couldn't they do this in Manhattan? They have firemen and they only put out the really top-notch fires. Yeah, she sort of um, makes fun of Charlotte a bit, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. And like later on, as we progress, obviously we see them experiencing like real snobbery around, even around Brooklyn, which is hilarious oh, yeah. now. You know, I quite like the fact that they they get the ferry and have a super lowbrow night out. And I think when I lived in London, you know, for all the things I used to do, I used to love going for a night out at the Two Brewers. That's the thing, yeah. That's I think that's why I loved it so much, because those are always the best nights when you're yeah, dancing. Like who wants who wants to go to some, like, pretentious art house nonsense when you could just go and dance to Girls Aloud with your friends? Yeah. Oh my God. So me and my friend James are obsessed with this scene, are obsessed with Sex and the City and also particularly Mm. obsessed with this scene. And one night we were drinking and decided to put on this episode and danced around his living room to toot toot beep beep. And (laughs) then got straight in a cab and went to Dollar Baby in East London. And as we walked in, the first song they played was toot toot beep beep. And honestly, honestly, we both just looked at each other and I thought I was going to collapse with happiness. Like it was so good. (laughs) Oh, I miss big nights out. Yeah, me too. We'll dance again. Yeah. And I was going to say, because I was thinking the same when I watched it. And I was going to say, actually, would would really recommend, obviously, regulations permitting, next time you're in, like, a, a friend's living room, perhaps after a small dinner party or something, whack on some music and, like, have a dance, because it really helps. Do you know, I hadn't thought of that. I've really kind of... I've not been dancing since... Do you know, I can't even remember. I cannot remember the last time I danced. How depressing is that? Mm. So let's come on to, I guess... Charlotte's question. So I love the hungover scene as well. I mean, the <laughs> yeah. phrase, my hair hurts. Has anything ever been more pitiful? Carrie posits, what's the appeal of firemen? You know, why are we so attracted to, <laughs> to firemen? Yeah. And um, wisely avoiding conversations around policemen, which is slightly more problematic in of the course. year 2020. Yeah. Um, but it's also because, uh, I mean, this is quite judgmental of me. I've always wondered about the kind of psyche it takes to think I really want to be a police person. That's mm, the that's I see the what thing. you mean. Well, firemen, however, are less morally ambiguous. Yeah. Um, because they're not telling people what to do other than get out get of out. the burning building, <laughs> yeah. which feels reasonable. Um, <laughs> which which prompts Charlotte to ask, oh, women just want to be rescued. And <laughs> th- they all look horrified um, because then this kind of leads us down like a fairy tale path obviously girls grow up on stories where women are rescued. You know, Rapunzel waits in a locked room, you know, just growing her hair. Um, I mean, and Disney has had to evolve now. Disney has recognised, you know, they can't just tell stories about girls who wait to be rescued. And Carrie herself says eventually would Snow White have coughed up the apple and just got on with her life, kind (laughs) of. What do we think? Do, Do women 
need to be rescued? Well, my cis male opinion of this is um, I was I was speaking to I was actually having a conversation with my mum about this, not about like the specific sex in the city question, but about this question in general. And she is certainly a feminist. And she said, she was talking about her current partner, who at the time was quite a new partner when we were talking about this. And she said that he kind of treats her, like buys her really nice things and takes her out for dinner and stuff. And she said her feminist side kind of, uh, hates herself a bit for that for being the, the the sort of in inverted commas girl who gets taken out for dinner and stuff but she also said that she thinks that true feminism is realizing that if you want to if you want to be the girl then that's fine as well I think in my mind it's not about wanting to be rescued and again I can only speak from personal experience mm. but I've always been attracted to men who have their shit together mm. As, as you are well aware, um, Max, my partner, and I just got back from what was supposed to be our honeymoon in Santorini. Obviously, we had to postpone our wedding, mm. so it was just a oh, holiday. <laughs> and, um, and what was interesting is the gay couple who ran the beautiful, beautiful villa we were staying in, look up um, the Demeter Cave House in Santorini. I will absolutely give them a shout out because if you are a couple who want a really, really relaxing stay in a very beautiful part of the world. I just cannot recommend it enough. Mm. Um, it's run by a gay couple called Andrew and Marcel. And they said to Max, they only met us a couple of times, it's like, oh, you seem to be like Juno's rock. <laughs> and I think there's something to that in that I am dramatic and histrionic. You know, I panic. I have terrible anxiety. Whereas Max is so calm and steady. Mm. I, as I've said before on this podcast, I earn more than Max. Mm. So I wasn't looking to be rescued by a man. Like, I earn a fuck ton of money. I own my own house. I drive my own car. I have my own dog. <laughs> like, the rocks on my hands, I got it. The shoes on my feet, I got it. Um, so I didn't need that kind of rescuing. So I suppose what I needed was somebody who complimented me. I didn't need rescuing. I needed somebody who kind of balanced out my sort of features. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if Max rescues me, but he certainly compliments me. I, I just think we're compatible. Yeah. But I certainly didn't need a man to come along and sweep me off my feet or, or you know, protect me. And I say that even as a trans woman, bing, bong, bing. <laughs> trans you corner. Know, I, Transcon, I didn't, you know, I, I was aware that I was vulnerable as a trans woman, but what I needed was my friends yeah. to have my back. Yeah. I didn't, because actually the, the person I needed defending from, by and large, were the men I was dating. <laughs> um, yeah. the, the only trouble I ever got into was with some dodgy men that I went on bad dates with. So actually the last thing I needed was a white knight, because actually it was the men in my life who were the threat. Yeah, and that that's... feels like a good place to take a little break. Yeah. So we'll now follow <laughs> a word from our sponsor. See you in a sec. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. We are in the midst of discussing season three, episode one, where there's smoke. And in particular, whether women need rescuing. Do they need white knights? Mm. And Charlotte ends up with an absolute psychopath. <laughs> he, I, I did not like him at all. No, the actor, I googled him as well. He's gone on to do a whole bunch of stuff. He is a very prolific TV actor. That's interesting um, because I thought, mm. I, I felt like I recognised him. Mm. Guy called Brad Bayer. Um, not on social media, but he's been in all sorts. So Charlotte, uh, how does she meet? He's like a friend of a friend or something, isn't he? No, he rescues her from JJ. Oh my God. Do you know what? I love JJ. <laughs> yes, who we see again. He makes another couple of appearances. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how like, so Carrie and Charlotte are just having some cocktails and this sleazy guy JJ shows up and says like, oh, hey, sweet lips or something. Mm. And, um, and Carrie's just like, Oh my god! <laughs> um, and then uh, a dashing blonde man drives him away and punches him, and Charlotte mm. loves it. But Charlotte is like an oracle in this episode because, of course, while pissed off her tits on the Staten Island ferry, she screams to Manhattan, "I'm getting married this year!" Oh yeah. <gasps> She's like Cassandra. Yeah. She sees what's about to come. Because, of course, in the next couple of weeks, we meet Trey McDougal. Oh, my God. That's true. God, this is such a good season, isn't it? Season three. Mm. Oh, by this point, he had absolutely figured out the formula. I, I always think that season two and three of any long-running show is the like imperial phase where it just smashes it. And yeah. I think for Sex and the City in particular, seasons two, three, four, it's nearly all killer no filler the golden, at this point. Yeah, that's the golden era, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just burped, sorry. Oh, that's attractive. <laughs> Let's talk about John Slattery, who is now better known, I guess, for Mad Men. I think he does a lot with his two episodes story arc. Um, yeah. He's back next week as well. Um, what's really terrifying and prescient is that Carrie, Carrie doesn't vote. She's never voted. Carrie <gasps> doesn't vote. <laughs> I'm actually not surprised Carrie hasn't voted because she elaborate, Dylan. I don't know. She she just seems like she is a bit switched off 
from reality in some ways and very inward facing. Um, it's similar to the fact that there's a lot of things she hasn't experienced, despite the fact she's a sex columnist. She's very mm. caught up in her own world, I think. Um, also, to be fair to her, if politics was as divisive in the 90s as it is now, maybe she would be a voter. This is true. I mean, this obviously was the Clinton years, I think, or just... Actually, no, I think we were heading into George W. Bush territory at this point. Mm. Um, in fact, it would have. I think that would have been an election year, which is interesting because maybe that inspired this little plot line mm. with Carrie dating a politician because, again, this was all post Lewinsky as well when Carrie said she hadn't voted I was really interested in that and we did wonder why because it seems that feels quite Charlotte I think Charlotte would be someone who couldn't quite get on board with Republican voting so just doesn't vote and of course we need to remember that not voting is a political standpoint being apolitical and allowing fascism to rise is political Samantha Um, doesn't Samantha doesn't vote either she does like to say she doesn't vote. She doesn't believe in political parties. She just believes in parties. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is horrifying. <laughs> Miranda, definitely a true blue Democrat. Oh, absolutely, definitely. yeah. She, yeah, she's the, an original nasty woman, is Miranda. Absolutely. Um, I have no time anymore for, like, political satire and, like, memes and stuff on social media. It's not funny. It's a matter no, of life it's and death. Pe- it's people's <laughs> lives, yeah. yeah. And I think... You know, my mum, my dad, my sister all live in the north of England in an area at the moment that's been really, really badly affected by COVID, but also nobody's doing anything to help them. Yeah. You know, the rules up there don't make any sense. And, you know, it kind of, it's it's really frustrating. Like I spoke to my dad the other night and honestly, he doesn't know what the rules are. And I didn't know either. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Crazy. So it's, it's again, you know, if, if you don't believe there's a north-south divide in this country, you're, you're kidding yourselves, you know? And, you know, if if COVID rates were as high in Surrey, you, you can bet the government would be helping more, so... I like John Slattery. He is such a good actor. Yeah. He is always good in everything. Yeah, I fancy... Um, I fancy... Um, I fancy the character as well. His charms would have totally won me over. Yeah, and it's interesting in that he... There's elements of big to him, elements of Mr. Biggish yeah. confidence to him, but a much softer side as well and a vulnerability. Yeah. Um... In some ways, it's a shame he fucks it up next week. I don't. I don't want to spoil next week, but um, <laughs> I just remembered what happened. He just kind of fuck it up. I yeah. just. I just remembered what happens. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, let, let's. We'll talk about. We'll talk about Watergate. Literally, water sports gate next week. But um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it's a shame. And then, then in our last plot thread, we have Miranda and Steve. It's back on. Yeah, this was. I mean, this was nice. I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't really have much to say about this because, like, it was just kind of. Yeah, further cementing their relationship, wasn't it? I'm really pleased that Steve is back because in the last episode of season two, they have that one night stand and and it's left very much unanswered. And so I really like that when Miranda has her laser eye surgery and sees clearly for the first time, um, she's able to see the kind of support that Steve can give her. And and it's not, again, that he's a white knight. He's just one of the good guys. Yeah. And I, I am... Pleased and delighted that they spoke to David Eigenberg's agent and they got his contract sorted and he's back. Yeah. Oh, this was something else I was going to say about why this is, I think, my favourite episode. Definitely one of my favourites is 
every actor in it is on top form. All of them, like all four ladies and John Slattery and David Eigenberg, they're all just like great for the whole thing. Mm. Um, and it is, and again, it's when you watch episodes like this where the chemistry is so good. Yeah. But again, it, it is really depressing when we learn they weren't friends. Yeah. Or that depending on whose version of events you hear, that Sarah Jessica Parker was quite cold to the other three. Yeah. Um, it's I've, you know I've been reading around it a lot, and you know I think Kim Cattrall clearly has some sort of PTSD from her time on Sex and the City, <laughs> yeah. and does kind of regard regard it as being a very toxic environment in which she was very unhappy when you read so i've got i've got the two companion guides there was there was an official licensed book called sex in the city and then another licensed one about the film the first film oh wow um so let's assume that kim cattrall does not like Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm. So perhaps it's more interesting to read the accounts of the other two from Kristen Davis Mm. and Cynthia Nixon and to listen to them talk about their dynamic with Sarah Jessica Parker. And they speak highly of her talent. They speak of her as a visionary and as a leader. And they talk about her in very respectful fashion mm. but not in an affectionate fashion right yeah at one point Kristen davis says oh sarah jessica parker complimented me on my shoes <laughs> and you're like wow that's fucking cold yeah so, i wonder if sarah jessica parker given that she was the executive producer of this show given that she was in a position of authority on the show if there was a distance between sarah jessica parker and the rest of the cast mm. um you you have to wonder and there's only really those four women and michael patrick king and darren Starr who would know mm. um i like to give everybody the benefit of the doubt but perhaps sarah jessica parker was just very professional and sort of kept sort of like a professional distance. I can picture that actually. Yeah. And also particularly if the other three want to like chat and chat and have a good time and she's not. Mm. Anyway, this is pure, pure conjecture. Conjecture. (laughs) I mean, if, if you are Kim Cattrall, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon or Kristen Davis and would love to come on and tell us <laughs> the truth. Just, I mean, God, the oral history. Someone one day will write the most compelling oral history. Just of DM, us, City, but... DM us on Twitter and we might we might have a space for you. If, if, if... Please, I mean, <laughs> slide into our DMs. I mean, if, if, you, if you were an insider on Sex and the City and have any tea whatsoever, oh God, yeah. by all means, slide into our DMs. Um, um, and we will keep it anonymous. I wrote down a Charlotte quote, which was actual Charlotte being woke Charlotte. And she's, it was what? when Samantha was talking about her firefighter fantasy. And Charlotte said, it's wrong to sleep with a man just to fulfill a certain fantasy, which could be seen as Charlotte um, discouraging fetishization. <laughs> well done work, Charlotte. Actual work, Charlotte. I yeah. love it. I love it when that happens. Yeah. Um, Staten Island had more women of colour than Manhattan, (laughs) I'm delighted to say. But none of them spoke or had any pivotal role to play. No. Disappointing. Sadly. Um, Yeah. Um, Um, Another... So, I mean, also going, Dylan? um, Just another amazing quote that I wrote down, which really made me laugh at the end, was Carrie saying, when John Slattery turns up to save her when she misses the Staten Island ferry... The voiceover says he didn't have a white horse, but he did have a BMW with a working heater. <laughs> there you go. It's all you need. And do you know what 
person would refuse that lift when push came to show yeah. the film. Yeah. Um, and obviously there was a little nod to Staten Island Fairy Tale as well, which was a film that Sarah Jessica Parker had previously been in. Oh, um, didn't know that. Know, the little, little, a little nugget of, oh. for keen-eyed viewers. Um, but this, I mean, this was a brilliant first episode back. Um, to answer Carrie's question, of course women don't want to be rescued. Sometimes it's nice. It's nice sometimes, you know, as women, it's hard work. It mm. is lovely if a man will take some of that burden off you. Yeah. It's mm. not about being rescued or put on a pedestal or wrapped in cotton wool. It's just nice when a man makes it a bit easier. Mm. Yeah. And that feels like a nice and positive note to end on. Yeah, um, lovely. Shall we briefly, we need to, I think, briefly before we go talk about Emily in Paris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have, have you watched Emily in Paris yet, Dylan? No, my mum has. And she says that I'd really like it. I've not heard good things. <laughs> so maybe that could be a little bit of homework for next week, okay. which is too. So obviously the reason we're discussing Emily in Paris is because Darren Starr has dusted down his old <laughs> Sex and the City um, box and kind of retold it for the 21st century. But instead of a sex columnist in New York, it's an Instagram influencer in Paris. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> As played by the pariah of film and television, Lily Collins, yeah, who anything she touches turns to disaster. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's, it, I can't wait to see. It's interesting. I mean, obviously her dad is Phil Collins, but like, it's interesting to see how many chances she has had as a performer. Mm. You know, a franchise like the Mortal Instruments franchise, you know, it would be quite hard to get that wrong. And yet she killed that. There was that um, Snow White film as well, wasn't there? She killed that, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what, 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 else, what else did she kill? Um, um, that um, film about anorexia on Netflix, ew. that got really bad reviews yeah. as well. So yeah, she she's quite a cursed actress. So I'm interested. I will go into Emily in Paris with an open mind. Yes. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Back yeah. on So I Got to Thinking for a third time round. Um, this season, we, we're going to be back with some amazing guests as well. So stay tuned for some amazing cameos yeah. from our friends and colleagues as well. Until next time, do follow us um, at SIGTT Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Juna Dawson. I'm at Dylan B. Jones. LDM. And will. <laughs> um, oh, be sure to like and subscribe and tell all your friends. And yeah, let's take over the world. Bye. Bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, 
people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.